I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. And welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. We are back, and I am your host, Hemahe Muli Jr. And joining me, as always, on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Higgin. Hema, I'm glad to be back. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Sportsbeat After Hours, in case you guys didn't know, it's powered by KSLSports.com. KSLSports.com. Awesome. I've said it before if you've listened to before. But, yeah, it's awesome. It's the best place for all your local sports coverage, and whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, Aggies, Preps, RSL, anything in between. You know what? We have some uh, hockey stories up on the site today. Oh, yeah. Which I think people are always somewhat interested in. No, it's not the Grizzlies. Um, a local Utah is actually up for, like, the Heisman of hockey, so that's pretty cool. Nope. Um, we got you guys covered in any which way. We got human interest stories. We got stats. We got numbers. Um, something that nerds can get upset about, but you know, like <laughs> apparently it. nerds don't know how to take a joke. Yeah. And sometimes. we, and we got some other podcasts too, like Cougar Tracks, Jazz Notes, Crimson Corner, Helmets Off, the Scotsman, the, the, uh, Utah State Aggies podcast, just about a, a podcast for every team that you follow. Yeah. So make sure you guys check those out. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you guys leave us a five-star rating and a review on our podcast. Um, and share it with someone that you know, someone that you're friends with, someone that would enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not for everybody, but if you know someone that would enjoy this, share it with them. Because the only way that we can grow and make this a better show is if it gets shared. Yeah. And so we need your help with that. The only people that can help us with that is you. We're the ones behind the mics, but mm-hmm. you got to spread it word of mouth. And um, we actually have something fun to announce, new to announce, some changes 2020 to the podcast. Yes. Um, we were dropping weekly episodes. Now we're going to go to a bi-weekly schedule. Mm-hmm. So we're going to record every Thursday and then uh, Monday morning. So it'll be in your podcast feed Thursday evenings, Monday morning. First thing on that commute on your way into work on mm-hmm. Monday. One thing we noticed like through the football season this past year, man, there was so much stuff going on. That we couldn't cover it all in one day. Like, we would yeah. have midweek stuff happening that by the time you heard about it on Monday morning, it was like it's kind dated. of old news. Yeah. yeah. So, we're going to start dropping bi weekly podcasts. We hope you stick around for both episodes every week. Um, it's going to be great. And hopefully, this year, we're going to get a bunch of uh, 
guests in here. Um, some bigger name guests, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the new, the new way we drop things in 2020. Yeah, we're excited. Um, but today, uh, we're here to talk about something that we're actually really excited about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the NBA, the jazz and the all-star game. Okay. So let me just prefer this real quick before you continue that I've said in past podcasts that I don't care about the all-star game. I don't really care about any all-star game, honestly, because you don't care about the that's Pro just what I feel up like. on no, Sunday. I don't, <laughs> but th- I am particularly, particularly interested in the all-star game now because we are going to host the all-star game. In yeah. 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've it's piqued my interest. I'm all in now, and we'll see how long that lasts until the All-Star game hits in Salt Lake. But anyways, Zach, continue. We were going to talk about the NBA, which is great. It's hot right now. The Jazz are hot right now. So um, let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, the reason we're doing this is Later today, in about 45 minutes from when we're recording, this might be dated, but we're doing this just kind of for fun, and then we're going to put something up on kslsports.com for our predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but later today, the starters will be announced on TNT. Uh, it's going to be a five mountain time. Um, but we're picking our Sports Beat After Hours NBA 2019-2020 All-Star team. Um, and we're going to start with the Western Conference because that's really the reason that we're here. You yeah. just want to hear us say that certain people are all-stars. Yeah, and who cares about the East? Who cares about the East? We're going to talk about the East just for heck's sakes, but, you know, we're going to really dive in a little bit more on the Western Conference because that's what we care about. That's what we know, and there we have a rooting interest in some people. Oh, for sure. Um, So I'm going to start with my starters. I have Luka Doncic, uh, James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Each of these guys averaging 25-plus points per game. all of them are uh, five plus rebounds. Um, couple of them, LeBron James, ten and ten point eight assists per game. Luca is averaging like thirty ten and ten nearly. Mm-hmm. And then um, Kawhi is like twenty seven seven and five and a half. Uh, so I feel like those guys are kind of locks. Um, Hammond, do you agree with me, or do you have anyone else in your in your starters? I do. I agree. I, Luca's playing out of his mind. Um... James Harden is just, I don't know, he's, as much as we dislike him, like, he's a good player. He's an all-star. LeBron James, he was an all-star in the East. He's an all-star in the West. Um, Kawhi Leonard, the Claws, obviously an all-star, too. But I I actually changed my big man pick uh, to our very own Rudy Gobert. Yep, Rudy Gobert is a starter. Yes, and the reason why is I think he's been playing out of his mind also this year. Um Rudy Gobert, obviously two-time Defensive Player of the Year, but um, recently Rudy Gobert is number one in shots defended per game at nineteen point eight over Anthony Davis, who is fourteen point one. He's seventeenth, and um, that's just we're talking defense. I yeah. think Rudy Gobert is averaging how many points per game? Uh, um, so it's like sorry, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, offhand. so he's averaging per game for the entire season fifteen point six points per game, fourteen and a half rebounds per game. Um, if he gets that rebound number up over 15, mm-hmm. he'd be the first player to average 15 and 15 since Wilt Chamberlain. That's insane. And that's not bad for a defensive player of the year, right? So I think, I think Rudy Gobert's leveled up. The season's like nearing the halfway mark. And if Rudy Gobert continues on his trajectory, not only do I think he's going to be defensive player of the year again, but I think he's going to be an all-star. 
so the the argument's been made by a few people, most notably KSL Sports, uh, Sports Beat anchor Sam Farnsworth, mm-hmm. that Rudy is a potential MVP candidate. Do you agree wow. with that? Um, yeah. I think it's kind of a stretch. It's 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 hard because MVP is like it's not necessarily given to like the least flashiest team if you know what i'm saying yeah. like it, it it has to be it has to be a team that really makes a huge impact and that's kind of just dominating people and that's the jazz of late but that wasn't the case all season so well, well and the thing is too is i think that the way that rudy impacts a game aren't showing up on a stat sheet necessarily exactly. per se you look at a guy like luca a guy like ad mm-hmm. um a guy like Giannis. like those are probably the three front runners realistically you can throw james harden in there but poo-poo on that we're not going to do that (laughs) um but those three you look at their numbers and they're all averaging you know 25 plus points per game um Giannis and Luca are like near triple double right uh just for their season averages and they're dominating teams like Anthony Davis is you know it's LeBron's team but Anthony Davis is the superstar on the team right now it's kind of like it's kind of like when um Magic was brought into the Lakers and Kareem was kind of like on his last legs Uh uh-huh that's kind of what it reminds me of with like the Showtime Lakers. Like, yeah, LeBron's gonna get his, but like the real star for the next like foreseeable future, yeah, while they're together is gonna be Anthony Davis. And so, yeah, exactly. And I, do I think Rudy's an All Star? He will. I mean, is he the MVP? He will be an MVP in my heart for yeah. always. But, that always counts. Yeah, but it's, it it probably won't translate because, like you said, his stats, his stats, it doesn't. His value doesn't reflect in his own stats necessarily. It doesn't show up on a sp- on, on the score box. It, it like really impacts you know the the offensive team stats yeah. that he's defending against, yeah. and and that's not really an MVP. Type one of... one thing I could make the case for, I could see him as good as he's been, the leap he's made offensively, most improved player. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because he's throwing up sky hooks. Yeah. He's running the pick and roll so well he's throwing down like just the nastiest dunks off the dribble he's got too. quick little pop shots he yeah. went behind his back the other that day that was insane that was like the highlight of like i know people love that the ping pong play or you <laughs> yeah. call it hot potato uh-huh. rudy going behind the back that was insane. i literally like i was like um vince mcmahon like that <laughs> gif of him like oh yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i just got so excited for that because like you don't see guys that big handle the ball like that. No, and, and like you got to remember, like when he dribbles, it's like going up six feet in the air. Yeah, people yeah. lose the handle, and he he's improved a lot for yeah, sure. Yeah, like he could dribble it over Kemba Walker. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's go into our reserves. Okay. Um. So I have Dame Dollar Dame. He's averaging twenty seven point nine, seven point six assists. Okay. Uh. Uh. Portland's down a little bit this year, but like, but he Dame, just dropped. Dame's a bona fide all star. You know, he's a bona fide all star. Year in and year out, like he's a superstar in the league. Shout out to Weber State for sure. And and last and he dropped sixty one points. That's yeah. insane. Um, I'll go Jokic next. Uh, I'm gonna have him, um, uh, nineteen point four points per game, ten rebounds, six and a half assists. The best passing big in the league. Great. Um, really good player. I feel like he's probably a lock. My last lock is Rudy Gobert. We already talked about him. Fifteen and a half points per game, fourteen and a half rebounds. Um, he's a lock for the reserve. Uh, then I have Donovan Mitchell. Donovan's made a huge leap. He's averaging nearly twenty-five, four and four. Yeah, which is great. Great. He's he's impacting the game in so many ways. He's improving defensively. He can take over when you need to. He's part of a. He's the leader of a winning team. Mm-hmm. But he also knows. Hey, you know, if it's not my night, I have 
Bojan I can turn to, Joe Ingles, yep. Rudy, Mike Conley. Royce O'Neal. Like, yeah, Royce yeah. O'Neal. He's really taken a step in uh, making what the Jazz are doing about team basketball and being yeah. a leader on off the court. Like, this is Donovan's team, but, like, he knows that there are times that, like, it's not the right time for him to drive the car. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that we've seen this massive improvement with him is that in the last two years, his rookie year and his sophomore year, he's out there having to do that because they didn't have weapons around him. Mm-hmm. But now he's not under so much pressure and he's just, he's blossomed. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, Donovan will, I think he should be in the reserves. He probably will never be a starter just because the West is always packed. with. The only guards. way it's going to happen is if they change up this whole stupid East West structure. Right. And they just pick the 24 best players. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's really similar to what Mike Conley was facing in, in the great and grind era. Yeah. He was one of the best point guards, but he wasn't an all-star starter because you look at the people. It's yeah. like Chris Paul. Exactly. D will, um, like just so many talented guys, Steve Nash, yeah. um, you know, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, like just so many good, basketball players were out west for like the last like two decades yeah. like the west has just been dominant and producing like crops and crops of good players yeah but you know the west in the all-star game will have all-star level starters on the bench that's just what it's like yeah. in the west um so i also have donovan mitchell obviously i have ad in the reserves mm-hmm. he's going to be swapped rudy and ad um but i also have john morant i like um, that pick because so, he's electric so my thing with jaw is if he was doing what he was doing his second year in the league, True, he's a pick. But I just don't think, like, I think people are kind of like, okay, rookie, like, yeah. hold up. Like, you'll get your chance in the world game to show off. Like, he's going to be involved sure. in All-Star Weekend. For sure. Throw him in the dunk contest. Throw him in the skills contest. Yeah. Throw him in the in the world game, the rookie sophomore game. For sure. Um, and let him shine there against his peers. Yeah. If he makes it to the all-star team, he's going to get eight minutes in the game. He'll yeah. do, like, one flashy thing that will get people talking. But he's just not going to get that chance to really flourish the way that – and be spotlighted the way that he should be, yeah. in my opinion. I, I agree. I agree with that. But I just, like, the way the way he's been playing lately, and he's just a walking highlight reel, dude. And it, I oh, just felt so weird true. not putting him on the all-star team. I, he was probably my hardest pick not to include. Um and let's move on to some of the other guys that I have that I okay. picked over him. Um, Shea Gilgis at Alexander, he's averaging almost twenty points per he's game. He's consistently great. Yeah, he's consistently great. Like the the Jazz have played OKC, I think, twice so far this year, uh-huh. and both times that he played, like I was really worried about him, and yeah. he went off both times. And um, he's he's a budding star. Um, they're playing that three guard lineup that's really good. Mm-hmm. I also have his backcourt mate. Well, I guess one of his backcourt mates, Chris Paul. Yeah, making the All Star game just because I think what Chris has done, I think a lot of people wrote him, wrote him off. I think yeah. that he was going to get shipped off to Miami before the season started. I thought that OKC wanted nothing to do with him; that they were ready to go full rebuild. And you know, they're a team that could make the six, seven, eight seed in the West, yeah, and make some noise in the playoffs. They're a bad matchup for the Jazz, mm-hmm. and a lot of that's due to what Chris Paul is doing. Now he's not. Um, he doesn't have super flashy numbers. He's 17, five rebounds, six and a half assists. Right. But like the he impact that the he has players. on the team is just, he's like Rudy, yeah. you know, he's like Rudy. Um, last person that I haven't named yet, Brandon Ingram. Oh, I think he's like a future, future, future superstar. 
if he gets in the right situation with the right team with the right talent around him. Yeah. Like he's a guy that could contend for an MVP. And watching him and Donovan go toe to toe, like what was it three games ago? Maybe yeah. that was so much it was fun. A week ago today, and I yeah. was I was worried about him. Yeah. Like he was putting up buckets. Rudy couldn't stop him. Um, he just knows how to score everywhere on the court. And yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a bright, bright future for sure. So I think that's everyone that we have. Yeah, that we've named everyone that we have. Um, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're going to go a little bit quicker through these. Um, let's start uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, I have him as a starter at guard. 21.7 points per game, four rebounds, five assists. Kyle Lowry, 20 points, seven and a half assists. Uh, Giannis, 30, 13, and five and a half. Dang. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's going to repeat his MVP. He's probably. insane. Yeah. Um, Pascal Siakam. Um, 23 and a half, uh, points per game, 7.7. Um, and then Joel Embiid, 23.4, 12.3. Joel, meh. you know, he's kind of meh. Um, he's only played in 31 games. Yeah. Um, but there's not really like another dominant center no. in the league that like would take his spot. No. Um, and I think the only person I see different that you have instead of Pascal, you have, Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, and it's I like I said I don't really care about the All Star game, and I don't really care about the East either. But Jimmy Butler yeah. is just what he's done on this Heat team is it's pretty in, in, unreal. Yeah, uh, to go from like Philly and then he was like be the third, of, he was the third option in Philly. Yeah, he was the third option. Leaves the team labeled a cancer, which I he he might be, I don't know. Um, but then he goes to Miami and just kind of tightens things up. And um, the Jazz lost to Miami, didn't they? Once, yeah, uh, and, December twenty third. Yeah, and it's and it's because Jimmy Butler knows how to command, and he's a baller. And um, yeah, that's that's what that's the only reason why I picked him because I remembered him from that game. Um. So we can move on to the reserves, I yeah. guess. We'll just float through these. Pascal so, Siakam? Yeah. So you have you Pascal. So basically we swap got... Pascal and Jimmy Butler. Okay. I have Jimmy basically is my sixth, sixth guy. Um, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis, Chris Middleton, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Trey Young's out of his mind. 29.2 points per game. Well, and people think of him as a scorer, but he's getting eight and a half assists per game. Yeah. He's... I mean, the way he distributes is so fun to watch. I mean, yeah. everybody knows if you watch any any kind of NBA. Um, and then Jalen Brown, consistently good. He's uh, I think I for a long time I thought Jason Tatum was going to be the better out of the two, but this season, Jalen Brown's been really good. Yeah, he is impactful both ways. I think Jason Tatum, it's a little bit more finished developmentally on the offensive side. He's he's averaging more points per game. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you can kind of turn to in the crunch. Um, opposed to Jalen, but Jalen's like a, a good two-way player. Yeah. And so I kind of went with him over over Jason Tatum. Yep. And then uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is on the end of our list. Um, another player that, like, once he finds a good system around him and, like, a good team, he's going to be Well, and the reason I picked really Brogdon um, was that he, like, Indiana, once Oladipo went down, they lose Bojan. Um like I didn't think that they'd be that good, but they haven't really dropped off. And like it's because no. Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon have stepped up. Yep. Like Brogdon's kind of been the heart and soul of this team, and he's going to be ready when Oladipo, when Vic comes back, 
he's going to hand the car the key the keys to the car to him and they're going to be even better like i was thinking the other day on monday the pacers are kind of the bizarro jazz yeah that's like, a good that's a good comp yeah like it's just kind of like this weird team that like they just they match up so oddly with the jazz like it's been a hard matchup for the jazz year in and year out and yeah. i was optimistic that once the Jazz poached Bojan from him, that that wouldn't be a problem, but it was <laughs> yeah. earlier this season, and so um, for sure, like yeah, it, they're small market team. In fact, when we drop when the Jazz dropped thirty on them, I was like shocked, and but obviously they didn't have all their players back, but they're still a good team. Yeah, and I think that's like one of the best wins the Jazz have had thus far. Uh, is that thirty points and complete wins? I think. Yeah against another team, a good yeah. team. Um, the one guy that I really, really, really want to throw onto the reserves for the Western Conference um, is uh, Bojan. Oh, yeah. I wish that I wish that the West wasn't so loaded because I feel like what he's doing this year yeah. deserves merit for an all-star and, like, he deserves recognition. And this is, like, where you insert, sure. like, the Mad Men <laughs> quote. Of Don Draper yelling, that's what the money's for. He's right. getting paid a crazy amount of money. <laughs> that's what the money's for. But, like, I feel like he deserves, like, recognition beyond, like, Utah's community. Like, yeah. he is so good, and he's really transformed the Jazz to take that next step. For sure. Like, during this run that it, the Jazz have been on, like, he can turn it on at any point and score 30-plus points. Yeah. And... It's been a huge difference. He's the biggest reason, and I saw this stat somewhere, and I don't remember the numbers, but the Jazz starting five are shooting just as well as Steph Curry is uh, before he left or yeah. got hurt or whatever. Um, and that's all in part to, to Bojan. Absolutely. He opens up the floor, but also he has the defense. He can drive. Um, it's just it's just crazy that he came together with Mike Conley and we went we covered this in Las Vegas. We went down to the Las Vegas presser when they introduced the Boyan and Conley and everyone was talking about Mike and no one was talking about Boyan. And then the first 10 games of the season starts and it's like, "Oh, damn, Boyan's dropping like mm-hmm. 20 points a game." Like so I, I agree. I think he deserves the recognition somehow. I don't know how he's going to get it, but um, he deserves something yeah. for how much. Throw him in a three-point shooting contest. Like, get oh, him involved, yeah, you know? Um, but so those are our picks. Um, I'm excited for the Jazz. They yeah. got two walks this season. Um, it's it's time. It's time it's to recognize time. Rudy and Donovan. Yep. Um, but I think it's time for us to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some curses, okay? Mm-hmm. Hammond, did you know that the Jazz are cursed? Oh, I do. You do? Okay, good. You probably read my article on kslsports.com. Very good. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys why next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it I will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast The Letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story 
the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a cold December night. The Utah Jazz wrapped up a five-game road trip on the East Coast and limped their way to the finish line. Jazz were 1-4 and four on the trip and played their two worst games of the season, back-to-back blowout losses to the Raptors and 76ers. Quinn Snyder's guys left the Wells Fargo Center with their heads hung low. The final score of that game against the 76ers was 103-94, but it wasn't at all indicative of the butt-whooping that took place. The Jazz trailed by 18 at the half and only made it seem respectable by outscoring Philly by 10 down the stretch in the fourth quarter. This was a team that the Jazz had beaten just weeks earlier at home as one of the best wins of the young season. The night before, uh, the Philly game was even worse. The Jazz trailed by 40 at halftime to Toronto. Yes, that's 4-0, not 14. That's 40. The Jazz only mustered to score 37 points in the first half. Now, you're asking why I'm bringing this up. Okay, that 1-4 road trip was... If you remember when we talked about this on the podcast... It was a turning point of the season, Hannah. Yes. We were so defeated after that game. They come back, and they even got their butt kicked by the Lakers in that yeah. first game back. What was the biggest factor in that road trip? The jerseys that they wore. Yes. They wore the yellow statement jerseys in three losses. They were 0-3 in those games that brought the record in the yellow statement jerseys for the season to 1-6. Yes. Why are we bringing this up now? Because last night against the Warriors, the Jazz were scheduled to wear the yellow jerseys. No. But they didn't. They wore They wore the white They wore the white jersey. association yeah. jerseys instead. Why? Was well, the, well it, would have, it was a game time decision too because it was a game time decision <laughs> because on... there's literally an Instagram post where the Jazz said that they're supposed to wear the <laughs> the yellow jerseys against the Warriors. Um Let's look at their records and some other jerseys that they have. Okay. In the association, that's the white jerseys. They're eight and four. That's they're now nine and four with that win last night. Awesome. In the icons, they're nine and zero. Oh. That's um, the navy. That's the jersey. navy. The, in the in the classic purple mountain jerseys, they're seven and one. In the city edition, they're five and two. Okay. All uh, winning records. All winning records. But again, one and six in the statement jerseys. I used to love the statement jerseys. The, yeah. Um, I think probably my favorite jazz moment of the decade was in those jerseys. Was in those jerseys in Ricky Rubio's game where he just went off in the playoffs against OKC. Yep. Everyone's chant- chanting Rubio, yep. Rubio. Yep. That's I still get chills thinking about that. He had his arms outstretched yes. in a very savior esque pose. He was the jazz savior in the postseason yes. in that game. And so, but you know what? Just like any fond memory that you have, you have clo- you have clothing that is a- associated with fond memories. Yes. Whether it's a concert that you went to, <laughs> um, a girlfriend that you had in high school, yeah. or like when you were a quote-unquote star athlete in high oh school. Oh, my gosh. Like, okay. I still have a lot of that stuff hanging up in my closet. But yeah. you know what? Like, when it's time to put that away, throw it in a box, give it to DI, do it. Yeah. The Jazz need to leave these hanging up in their locker yep. for the rest of the season. Okay. Um, they're actually scheduled to wear these jerseys on Saturday against the Mavericks. Oy. I don't think it's going to happen with Luca coming into town. Let's hope not. Let's hope not because the Jazz really need a win. And I don't want to get even 
even if we lose to the Mavericks, it will be okay if as long as they don't just speedboat us out of the Wear arena. the icon jerseys. Just don't even make yeah. it a question. Don't just... Wear the icon jerseys and yeah, yeah, just go take care of business. Don't mess with it. Like I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. We are a little stitious. Michael Scott, okay. <laughs> so but um I think Donovan is such a big fan of the office, like he would probably yeah. second that quote. And oh, you know sure. like when I was an athlete in high school Again, quote unquote star. Mm-hmm. I thought probably thought I was better than I was. I had a I had a pregame routine for before any game that I played before I wrestled any match. It also was predicated on me having certain types of gear. Yeah, I had a sweatband that I always wore for uh, baseball. I always wore stirrups in baseball. Oh, interesting. Um, in wrestling, so they have like ankle bands. Yeah. Um, green and red, and I always wanted to be green. Um, and like I, if I wore red, like I thought that I wasn't going to wrestle very well. Um, and I probably got in my head a little bit too often because of that belief. Yeah. Um, but it's just stuff like that. Like when you're out on the court, like you want things to go your way. If you look good, you're going to feel good. You're going to play good. But if you don't feel comfortable, like you're just going to play pretty putrid. And I feel like that's the way that the, uh, the statement jerseys have kind of been defined I think the Jazz getting their heads a little bit with these jerseys. Maybe Ricky Rubio. Maybe Ricky Rubio cursed them on his way out yeah, the door with his uh, sexy voodoo that he did. Yeah. No. Okay. I think we should burn them. Burn the yellow jerseys. You know, better yet, why not just donate them to the KSL Sports Department? <laughs> oh, true. Then yeah, I like that. Game worn jerseys. Then uh, watch us like take big L's every day here at the station. Um, you might think we're overreacting, but I do not think we are. I think we're being very... If the Jazz are changing the schedule of what jerseys they're wearing, like, we're not overreacting. And it's not like... It's sports. Sports are very superstitious, right? Yeah. In fact, I just wanted to bring up that any Cowboys fans out there are aware of the Cowboy Blue curse. Have you heard of this one? I haven't. Okay. So... Um, I couldn't the, give a damn about the Cowboys, okay. to be honest. True. But I want to hear what you have to say about so, it. So, in, like, the 60s, the president of the Cowboys, Tex Schramm... Decided that the Cowboys would wear the white jerseys at home so that, I mean, it was a cleaner look. And then they could have the other teams wear, like, all the colorful stuff into the arena. And so it just looked better on TV. Um, So they would wear blue jerseys away. Well, the Cowboys started sucking, surprise, surprise, in the blue jerseys on their road trips. So much so that teams like, you know, the Eagles, they would make them wear their blue jerseys when they came into town. And uh, that kind of became known as like the cowboy blue curse where like that Jersey color had a a somewhat of a curse and it's kind of faded over time, but it's not like the only time sports teams have had that, you know, superstitions about their jerseys. Um, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, but like, well, people think that the, just another local team People think that the white BYU jerseys are cursed. And for yeah. a while, people thought the same thing about Utah's black jerseys, the blackouts, because mm-hmm. of the two TCU games. That's right. And, you know, it's it's just – it's it's with basketball, it's even more complicated because with football, you have a white away jersey and then, like, a colored home jersey, right? Yeah. But, like, now the NBA has so many different colors. You have four to six 
jerseys that you could wear depending on what market you're in and yeah. if what, you made the playoffs. What colors that the team's yeah. wearing. You could literally decide game day what color you want to wear. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's just completely normal. I think we're sane and we're rational and if this all makes sense and we should burn the yellow jerseys. I like it. I like it. Well, um, I think that's all we have for today. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks for writing that article. Again, if you want to read the entire article that um, Zach Hicken wrote, go to kslsports.com and look for the Curse of the Yellow Jerseys. Is that yeah. what it's called? Uh, the Utah Jazz and the Case of the Yellow Jerseys. The it's ca- the next Hardy yeah. Boys book, actually. <laughs> it's I love it. Um, check out our other podcasts, of course, and our and the rest of the articles on our website at kslsports.com. And like I said earlier at the start of this podcast, if you like this podcast, please leave a rating review and share it with a friend, two, three, four. I don't care how Everybody. many. Just share it with someone. Help us grow. Help us get into a stage where we can start doing more. Uh, as we're doing more episodes, we want to do more. We want to hear feedback. We want to hear what you guys like, don't sure. like. And kind of cater it to our listening audience. Yeah, and you can follow our uh, Twitter account at SB After Hours to get instant feedback from us. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out and slide into our DMs. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hema Hemuli Jr. He is our other host, Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody.